0: So if you have your Bibles, please open them up to Romans chapter 12. So we are going to start reading from verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your holy word. And Lord, we ask again, can you help us, Lord? These things called spiritual gifts, they are challenging. It's something that each and every one of us as born-again Christians, we desire, we want to know about. But there's such ignorance, it seems, at times. I know for me, I need a a dose of reality of what your Word says. I, I need to continue to read and feed upon your Word. I need to see these things and pray through these things and see what you have to say in your opinion And forget a lot of the the false opinions out there, Lord. But help us, God. Open up our understanding of your word. Help us to see the gifts that you've given to us. Help us to see your gifts at work. Your grace poured out through your body. Beautify your bride, Lord. Do that even today. Continue your holy work upon us, in us, and through us. For we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen, amen. You guys could have a seat if you would, please. Again, I'm going to leave it here if anybody wants to get the spiritual gifts print out, which you'll need later on for the journey. So as we continue in our teaching and our series on spiritual gifts, there's a lot to, to, we can cover. And I, I'm going to be giving you a lot of what we might call FAQs. Anybody know what FAQs are? Okay, frequently asked questions. Okay, the who, what, where, when, how, why's of spiritual gifts and I'm going to show you what the Bible says. Now today, we may cover a lot of things that were, let's say, how do you call it? <laughs> we, we may dispel some myths. We may do some myth busting. You guys remember some of those shows? Mythbusters. Yeah, Mythbusters, right? It's like, it's popularly known as this, but we're going to show you through science or through today, through the Bible, <laughs> what God says. Okay, so we're going to cover a lot of those kind of things here today. Again, look at Romans 12, verse 6. I'm going to primarily focus on one word today. It says, having then, what? Gifts. Gifts. This one word, gifts, we're going to dig into. But I'm going to open up with a quote from a guy named Max Lucado. Anybody here, Max Lucado? Here's what he said one time. You aren't an accident. You weren't mass produced. You aren't an assembly line product. You are deliberately planned, specifically gifted and lovingly positioned on this earth by the master craftsman, Max Lucado. I love that that one line there, specifically gifted. Think about that, church. You have been specifically gifted by the master craftsman. So a quick recap as we continue on and continue forward into chapter 12. Think about this. God's grace through spiritual gifts flows through a person who, verse 1, we looked at, well, first of all, you're born-again Christian. Okay. By the time you get to chapter 12, it's that like God willing, through all the, the teaching that you believe and receive and accept that, repent from your sins, He's going to give you what? A new life. You don't go back to what? That old life, right? Now you're born anew, born again. You're born-again Christian. And the verse 1 mentions about Your body being dedicated to God. Just putting it in real simple, succinct words here. Now, spiritual gifts, why ain't they flowing? Anybody ever ask themselves or ask God or ask others about that? It could be one of these things here. So when you look at strategically how the Bible is laid out, you don't want to just cherry pick a verse or a word where you want. Look at the context of the text. By the time we get to chapter 12, chapter 12 is all about what? Application, baby. After applying the information, chapters 1 through 11, now you got the application. Okay? The information before the application. That's always how the Bible's laid out. So you become a born again Christian, and in verse 1, you're dedicating now your body as a living sacrifice. Your whole body. If God's got your whole body, does He have your ears? And if you get convicted of the stuff that you hear, I used to be a DJ. I can't listen to the potty mouth music I used to listen to. Anybody convicted once you became Christian? Before, before becoming a Christian, how many of you, you were like me, you weren't convicted at all, right? <laughs> He's got your body now and he wants your ears. How about your mouth? You go to say something, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for correcting me. Is that any of you all? Amen, amen, <laughs> amen, amen right? <laughs> He's got your mouth. How about your feet? I can't go in that place no more. <laughs> is there any of you all? He got your body. He wants you to dedicate your body to Him as a what? A living sacrifice. That's verse 1. And now, verse 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember we learned this? Everybody do this. Okay? So sometimes this is your problem. You're pointing to your problem. You marry people. Don't be pointing. Can okay, I see? not point. And don't point to the wife. Okay. So a lot of times our problem is here. What's between my fingers? What I'm pointing at? I need to renew my mind. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within the boarding and Christian and constantly convicts you. Constantly. Is that any of you all? It's like ah, that where that thought come from? Oh, repent of that thought. Help me. So your body's dedicated to God, a living sacrifice, and your mind, now you need to surrender that you would have a renewed thought life that the Holy Spirit would give you what? His holy thoughts. And that's every born-again Christian. And then verse 3, we looked at not thinking so highly of ourselves, but have a sober estimate. Be sober-minded. Have a sober estimate of self. Why? Because we're going to get to spiritual gifts. I want God's grace through the gifts to flow upon and into, but through me. Is that any of you all? Is that any of you guys? If you want that, if it's not flowing, if God's Spirit's not flowing, you're already a born-again Christian, as it says here. You're already dedicating your body to Him, a living sacrifice. You're already surrendered to the Spirit to renew your mind, to change and transform you, to no longer be like the world, not conform to the world, but that He would renew your mind, transform you, metamorphosis. From within like the caterpillar turned to the butterfly and you're not thinking so highly of yourself but you have a, a lower estimation of yourself he sobers you up jesus ever sober anybody up here oh he does that to me all the time and that's a good thing that's a holy thing so now what now why so now his living water his gifts can flow through us because he loves you but he loves the person around you surrounding you who he has you working with your coworkers, your friends And he wants to reach them through who? Don't look at me. Don't point to me. He wants to reach them through you. That's why you know them. That's why he put you there. Anybody know that? Consider yourself like a missionary. So he wants the living water, his spirit to flow through you. Okay. But uh, oftentimes I might find that I'm thinking too high of myself and the spirit will be quenched. He wants to reach the person But he doesn't want me to just be a receptacle, but a conduit. Make sense? To receive? Yes, that's great. But a conduit, like more like the faucet, that he could flow through you to reach others. So now if you got to verse 3, we get to verse 6 now. God's gifts, these are all about grace. This one word is what we're going to focus on today. Yes, we got a ton of slides on things because I want you to know what the Bible says. You might need to repent from what you previously thought because may God's word, may God's opinion clear and cleanse and heal our minds. Amen? Because we might have learned bad doctrine that did not come from God, but it may be what others had wanted, but God didn't say that perhaps. But the gifts they're all about god's grace again romans 12 verse 6 that we just read it says having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us the same word is found in first corinthians 12 verse 4 it's quoted here there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit so this greek word used is that word charisma anybody hear of that word before not in the church sense but in the english vocabulary sense well, let's, let's that word's been hijacked. Let's kind of take this back for God's usage, amen? A lot of times you think of charisma. Ooh, Tony Robbins, that's a charismatic speaker. Or that guy, that gal should be president because, why, they're a charismatic leaker. They, they look good, they speak good, they make me feel good, they got charisma. Well, that's not what this is saying. Because if we think that's the definition of what God's saying, then... You know, all of us are kind of down and out for the count. like, oh, God, you can't use me. You're telling me that I need to be a preacher of your word of truth. Well, I'm not like that leader. And we look at the world's definition and the world's estimation. That's not the way that God wants us to look and to see and to think. Amen? So this word for charisma is different. It literally means gift of grace. You can't learn it. You can learn how to use it. But it's not like you got to go and get an education to be supernaturally empowered. You're just empowered. Like Acts chapter 1, Peter not empowered. Acts chapter 2, Peter empowered. What happened in between? Not much time. <laughs> you had Holy Ghost, bam, empowered. Jesus even said in Acts 1, not many days from now you shall receive what? Power. The Greek word is dunamis. It's a bam, dynamite, dynamic, explosive growth. And then we see him preaching in Acts chapter 2. Souls get saved. Before then, just about everything that came out of Peter's mouth was wrong. He's a picture of the flesh. He's chopping off ears. She's like, I'm sorry. He's, Yeah, that's my boy. Let me put that back. Oh, yeah. Heal that. <laughs> and that could be me and you using the sword of the Spirit. Sometimes you just chop off ears. May we not do that. But the Lord used Peter. What changed between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2? I'll tell you what it was. Power. We see explosive growth. About a week worth of time between the crucifixion of Christ, which occurred on what day of the week or what day of the calendar year? Passover. Pesach. To Pentecost. That's Acts chapter 2. How many days? 50 days. Pentecost. 50 days. Seven weeks. Okay, Seven times seven is how many? Plus one day. 49 plus one. 50 days between the the time of Jesus crucified and Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Peter didn't have time to go to seminary, as we call it, or get a biblical knowledge and understanding. What happened? What transpired between Acts 1? No power. Everything he says was basically a work of the flesh And Acts chapter 2. I'll tell you what transpired, what gave him that power. Charisma. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. And now when he's opening up his heart and his mouth, he's quoting scripture. The text is now quoting in context. The author of the Holy Spirit who wrote the scriptures now delivering it through Peter's heart and mouth with what? Power. And then people's hearts were cut. What do we do? He tells them to repent. And then what happens? People get saved. Well, there's no time for him to get a formal education. There's no time to learn how to speak better, Peter. You're a country bumpkin. Learn how to enunciate and pronounce your words. That's not the case. What was it? It was power. And the good thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that that power is available to you and me through the cross of Christ, through Jesus Messiah, Him and His work. Amen? And I'm not a dispenser of it. Please understand that. None of us are. It comes from Jesus. It's a gift. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. But the word used is this word charisma. Charisma. It's literally a gift of grace. The Greek word for grace is charis. Anybody know any girls named charis? I met a girl named charis. I used to work at American Bible Society. I met a new person. She says, oh, my name is charis. I'm like, C-H-A-R-I-S? And she looked at me and she knew what I was going to say. She says, I know. She said something like my dad was a theology professor or something. I'm like, ah, because it means grace. Anytime you meet a girl named charis, usually it's like, oh, they'll know the definition. It's That means grace that's the root of this word for gifts of the holy spirit it's a gifting of grace and can you work for grace no do you deserve grace who here deserves salvation nobody who here deserves the gifts of grace nobody they're given to you why because we have a gracious god We don't deserve it. You don't have to work for it. Doesn't matter if you fast and pray. You gotta fast more to get the better gift. You gotta do this. You gotta give more. You gotta go more. No, that becomes a work of the flesh. And the flesh profits what? Nothing. So it's just God's divine grace. We wanna cover that first. So God wants you and I to be, let's say, well informed about His grace through spiritual gifting. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. Again, we're this is like a lot of FAQs about spiritual gifts today. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So God wants you to not be ignorant. God doesn't want just like double negative. God doesn't want you to be negative. God wants you to be in the know, right? He wants you to be in the know. This is why you and I must know and study spiritual gifts. And let me say at this junction, grace through the spiritual gifts, is still available today. Has anybody ever heard that they have ceased? None of you guys? Okay, good. I don't have to clean up bad doctrine. So just in case, and because this is being recorded and put on video, this grace is still available for you today. Peter said in Acts 2, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children, and to who else? He says, and to all who are afar off guess who that is you and me those that are afar off as many as our lord our god will call acts 238 and 39 so there's a group of people they're they are i would say you'd have to look and test each person but they're for the most part they're born again christians but they're considered cessationists they believe certain gifts have ceased they'll use typically 1st 1 corinthians 138 through 12 to claim certain spiritual gifts have ceased but that's a bad interpretation that's not that's we mal. that's not good here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face now I know in part but then I shall know just as I also am known so the then refers to then when you and I are in heaven face to face with the Lord if you go back you look at the context it's not saying that when things are perfected It's the then, it's not, I'm going to be perfect here on this planet Earth in this body of Christ. Anybody know you ain't perfect? Anybody know you ain't going to get perfect in this body? But when you're, boom, dead and gone, or Jesus comes and takes us home, we'll then be perfected, we'll then be seeing him face to face. Then we won't need spiritual gifts. Make sense? That's the context of 1 Corinthians 13. So again, you and I must know and study these spiritual gifts. Let's move on. Spiritual gifts are God's grace given to us. Again, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. So God wants to give you this gifting of grace. He's the giver. He wants you to simply receive this gift. Anybody like receiving gifts? Come on. A couple of you, there's a couple of truthful people. Who here likes gifts? Everybody likes gifts. Now, if you've been given a gift, how many times do you just let it sit there on the counter? he won't open it up i know my wife i got to be careful if i have a gift for her at home she won't go to sleep she'll like go through the whole house sometimes i'll just jokingly say i got something for you like, well she's gonna go through the whole house because i learned i can't even say that because then i can't go to sleep she's like she'll find it I'm like that's not fair <laughs> it's cute so in any anyhow when we are given a gift you want to open it right you want to open up that gift. So God wants to give you a gifting, and it's a gifting of grace. Now, spiritual gifts, when. Quando, right? Quando is that when? In this Right, the quando, the when. When is it given? They're given after Christ's ascension. Important to note. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, hey, there's the, the when. When he ascended on high, that's Jesus. That's not Mary. That's not you or me. He led captivity captive and what? Gave gifts to men. So therefore, spiritual gifts were not given prior to Christ's ascension. Please understand this. Please know this. Because there's people out there say, Oh, David had a spiritual gift of worship. Anybody hear of that? Technically, that's wrong. Why? Because Christ Jesus had to come and be crucified, be buried, be resurrected, and ascend. Ephesians 4. He had to ascend on high. When he ascended on high, he let captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So Jesus had to first be crucified, be resurrected, and ascend. There's nobody that received a spiritual gift, because Christ is the giver. There's nobody that received a spiritual gift as far as what we classify as a spiritual gift in this new testament time prior to christ ascending into heaven he had to go first and spiritual gifts are grace given after a person becomes a born-again christian this is important too peter said again in acts 2 repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit repent repent basically get saved you're going to receive a a gift and what's the context they saw the gifts flowing there in acts chapter 2 like what is that no it's early in the morning they're not drunk what is that something radically different it's that power that jesus was talking about in acts chapter 1 so know this when a person claims to have gifts of the holy spirit before they were born again they're wrong technically it cannot happen why the Holy Spirit's trying to get in that person before working through that person. One comes before the other. Make sense. He got to get inside before he's working through that person. That's the way God works. He works first in and then through. so that person might be just deceived. Oh, I when I was a baby, I had spiritual gifting. I was able to see in this stuff. Uh-huh, and I've heard people I, I I see you know weird stuff, demonic stuff. okay, did you get delivered from that? You come to Christ the cross of christ and the blood of jesus he heals us he delivers for us from these things right and what happens i don't remember that movie i don't see dead people no more <laughs> some of you guys understand what i'm saying and i've known people it's like i got delivered what happens i don't hear those voices anymore i don't see those you know i thought they were angels yes they are fallen angels okay <laughs> you get delivered from that so what happens God wants to give you now a spiritual gifting, but it comes after a person's born again. Let's continue on. God's gifts, these spiritual gifts, are God's grace manifested by God's Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So God's grace. One, one really neat thing and neat way to look at it and think of it, guys, I've got to get some to the drink. Sorry. <clears throat> Think about this. If you were to draw a picture of grace, well, first of all, how many of you know God's grace is real? How many of you also kind of are like me? You maybe a little struggle, or you're contemplating, it's like, how do I grasp that? Okay. And here's the thing: we would say God's grace is intangible. Let me throw out this thought. Imagine yourself drawing a picture of grace. No, not a girl named Grace. God's grace. How would you draw that picture? Some would say, Jesus. Okay, good luck. How would you draw that picture? You still can't draw it. Why? Because we would say it's intangible. You know it exists, but it's intangible. It's not like Jesus. The Word became flesh and then we saw Him, like John writes in First John. So God's grace now where normally it's invisible it's unknown and intangible god's grace now through your life now someone could look at god using your life and seeing and and sensing the gifts of the spirit flowing through god's grace they could say i know god is real and i know god's grace is real why because i see him working through your life thank you for being a conduit of god's grace mercy and love cuz now i can see god's grace before it was just a word in a book or you would tell me the thought but now i could see god's grace is manifested not just in your life but through your life now i'm a recipient of god's grace through you god's grace becomes manifested it becomes visible becomes known it becomes tangible as god uses spiritual gifts through the christian's life okay and that's real how many of you have been recipient of God's grace through someone else pouring out? God's grace becomes tangible. The intangible becomes tangible. Okay? So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one and is for the profit of all. God's grace is distributed according to God's will, too. First Corinthians twelve, verse eleven. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills as he wills not as who wills not as i will so think about this christian you could desire the bible says desire earnestly the better gifts you could desire the gift you can pray you could put on the prayer chain you could fast and pray but if it's not the will of god for you to have a certain spiritual gift are you going to have it no he's going to distribute according to his will Spiritual gifts are also grace to help determine where you fit in the church to please God. It's extremely important. 1 Corinthians 12 says, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. See, this is a problem we have as Christians. Sometimes I want to fit in the body where I please. And for me, it was not standing in front of people speaking and teaching the word. It was like, I want to do computers for Christ. I want to be a guy behind the scenes. I wanted to assist. I did really good at that in the world. And it was my will, because there's a will of God and the will of men. Anybody know that? And they're not the same. Anybody know that? (laughs) And that's where, sometimes you might be like that. I wanted to please myself. That's where I wanted to serve. That was my will, where I pleased myself, really. But that was not what God wanted. Anybody know that God's shaking them up? Taking you out of your comfort zones? He wants you to be where He wants to fit you so that you could function, and you got to know your spiritual gifts, so you know where you fit in the body of Christ, in the church, how he wants you to function, and the spiritual gifts will show you how you function. So today, this is like a lot of the nuts and bolts, a lot of the FAQ, so to speak, but this is real stuff that we need to learn. So this is how you're going to de- determine how you can confirm God's will for where you fit in the church. Spiritual gifts are also grace given as gifting for some offices, you might call them. Some call them offices. Ephesians 4, verse 11, it says, He himself gave, notice it says some, some to be apostles. There are four sums here. Some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. It says some. So obviously it's not all, right? So anybody here of the fivefold ministry? The problem is when you look at this, in the original Greek language, some only occurs four times. These are four gifts. There's not a five-fold ministry. Even if you want to believe in that, it doesn't matter. So in other words, if the author, who is God, wrote this, what he's saying in the interpretation of it is there are four gifts or four gifted offices. There's only four. This is not talking about a five-fold ministry. The Greek language shows this as four, not five. Okay, The pastor, teacher, that's a thats a gift. Oh, oh wait, do I have it on the wrong slide? I didn't even click over, sorry. <laughs> so the five-fold ministry, this is a four-gifting, not a five. Some to be apostles, that's the first some. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So if someone comes to you and tells you there's a five-fold ministry, which one are you? There's a couple of problems I have. Number one, that's not what God intended. The original language even shows that in Greek. You can look that up. It says some. And because it says some also, not every person has that. So when someone comes to you and says, hey, there's a five-fold ministry, which one are you? you got to pray, you got to determine which one you are. And this is challenging because more than half of Christians do not want to do public speaking. Let me prove this right now. Statistically in this room, there's going to be a whole bunch of you. How many of you here love public speaking? One. <laughs> He's a teacher working for the Department of Education. <laughs> two <laughs> how many of you you're like no way when it comes to public speaking raise your hand up a lot of people you know that was me too so be flexible <laughs> and open for what god can do he could change you one of the challenges if people are calling this a five-fold ministry and determine which one are you these are all speaking type of functions and that what does that do that legalistically makes that person sit there and feel like ah i guess god there's no way for me to do that Okay. And so don't let that happen to you. Let's continue on. Spiritual gifts are also grace to serve people in the church. 1 Peter 4 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And Romans 12 again, that we're at here, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, what do you do with that grace? It says, let us use them. And do you know this? By serving God, you're a minister of God's grace. <gasps> I could be a minister of God's grace. Yes. If you allow him to use the gifting, get to know your gifting, then I'll show you where you fit in the church and how you should function. Kind of makes sense, right? Is this making any sense? Is this helping anybody? Hopefully it's helping. It helps me. (laughs) Spiritual gifts are also grace given for the profit of all again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Hey, spiritual gifts are not for self. There's only one we might call it selfish spiritual gift. It's maybe a bad way to look at it. Which gift is that? The gift of tongues, if you want to call it that. Why? Because that's your prayer language. You go in your prayer closet. okay? But the church body needs you to serve the Lord where He wants you to fit so that others can benefit. It's for the profit of all. Okay, So we're going to have to close here in just a bit. The spiritual gifts are also grace that needs to be stirred up and not neglected. I want to close here in just a bit, and we're going to have a time of worship. And then I'm going to ask if anybody wants to be prayed for to receive spiritual gifts, too, in just a moment. We can pray for you. And we have communion today, so before we get into communion, we'll have that time. But these gifts need to be stirred up. Second Timothy 1 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up. It says, Stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And 1 Timothy 4 says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. So you got to stir up the gift. You need to not neglect it. Now, let me lovingly exhort you guys. Some of you might be neglecting that. And it might be, I'm too scared to step out. I'm, I'm too afraid that God's going to send me as a missionary over there, and I don't want to go there. Anybody ever think like that? Some people do. And like, I want to give you my heart. I'll sing it, but not really. <laughs> <You> know <laughs> I give you all my heart minus five percent of it. <laughs> we'll kind of get like that at times. Don't be like that. You need to stir up this gift. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which is given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So again, in closing, before we partake of communion spiritual gifts are grace that's still available for you today here's what the lord says this might speak to someone here peter said to them repent maybe some of you need to repent from your sins i'm not sure where you're at he says repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit for the promise take this and personalize this passage for yourself christian the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. All right, so we're going to keep this, this part short. We're going to close here. We'll have a, a time of worship. But as we close, I'm going to close this for this teaching time in a word of prayer. We'll we can just keep the recording going. Can we all stand, though? And as we close, and before we partake in communion, if anybody wants to be prayed for to receive spiritual gifts, I'm going to ask you simply to come. You can come up now. It doesn't matter to me. You can come up, and I want to pray for you to receive gifts of the Spirit. I don't care if you've been up here being prayed for many times. I've had people pray for me many, many, many times that's okay we don't want to just be readers of the word we want to be doers of the word amen so if the Lord's touching your heart to be prayed for and if that's where you're at I'm going to simply ask you to come up oh make space please God make space we can come up here and we have oil I want to excuse me gentlemen thank you we can continue worshiping but I'm also going to anoint those that want prayer to receive the gifting of the spirit I'm going to anoint you with oil and we could pray for you. But I'm going to go and close us with a time of prayer. So, Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. Lord, again, we thank you for who you are, for what you are doing, for how you teach us about these gifts of the Spirit. We thank you that your gifts haven't ceased, Lord. As long as we're in these bodies of flesh, we need supernatural empowerment to stand and walk and to serve and Lord, we want to serve you. We're sick of serving self or serving Satan or serving money or serving our jobs, serving our boss, serving someone else but you. We ask that you would please empower us, Lord. With the gifts that you desire to give to us help us to pray for one another. We desire to see your gifts, your gifts of grace flow through us, Lord. Helping loving, encouraging others. We need your empowerment. We don't want to do these things in our flesh. We can't. You say the flesh profits nothing. But help us today. We cry out to you, Lord. As we gather here as your children in your church, we seek you and we ask, can you please empower us mightily, Lord? We need your supernatural gifting. We need your power, just to stand as a Christian in New York City in this ungodly world and ungodly age that we live in. Empower us mightily, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen.